Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Tyler, we are talking about all the opportunities and things coming up. You know what I just thought of? In case you forgot, uh, with a Thanksgiving blessing, which is our community outreach, all the churches here in Eagle River are reaching out uh, to those who have need at Thanksgiving uh, to provide a Thanksgiving meal for them. We have been designated as the Cranberry Church. All right? I saw and I was just talking to Chris Scott. Uh, our director of mission mobilization, and she tells me that we're still about 125 cans of cranberries short. Okay, and uh, so if you haven't uh, donated your cranberry, uh, please do. After service, you want to run down to Walmart or to Fred Meyer uh, or to uh, what? A Cars used to be Safeway where I lived in Southern California. Um, grab a can of cranberries and come back. We want to make sure that we supply, what's that? By one o'clock, okay. By one o'clock today, we need about 125 cans of cranberries, okay? So I just want to bring that up. All right, we're the Cranberry Church. Okay, well, hey, you know what? Today is the last in our series called A Shared Life. And today we're talking about a shared life of mission. And you know the exciting thing is, is that we share life together with Christ in the center, and that life is a life of mission, uh, that we get to be his ambassadors. Uh, we join him in his work in the world, uh, a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry in which we get to proclaim to all people in all places, the rule and reign of God, that's his kingdom, right? Through his son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And, and really that's, I mean, that's where we start. We talk about our mission, bringing Christ's hope, his healing and his wholeness to our community and to our world. Man, I'll tell you what, we get to do that. We get to do it together. But as we think about our mission, whether it be here in Eagle River in the state of Alaska or, or globally, uh, one of the things that encourages me is that we have partners. We are not alone in this work. And uh, our, our covenant denomination, uh, I'm telling you, it is on the forefront of what God is doing globally in missions around the world. And this morning, uh, I get the privilege of introducing to you a couple who are leaders, not only in the covenant, but just leaders as Christians in the work of Christ globally. Their names are John and Letha Curl. John and Letha, if you would come up. John and Letha uh, have been friends of our church uh, almost since the beginning. And we have supported them financially. We've supported them through prayer. Um, 
But, you know, it's important that as family, we get to see our family members who, who are serving outside of Alaska. And certainly John and Letha are our family. And so as we were talking, we thought how important it would be to have a family reunion <laughs> in which you would get to see them, they would get to see you, and you would get to hear all about their work. Now, they have been involved uh, in Mexico, in Africa, in Europe, and they're going to tell you all about that. Uh, but in each of those uh, regions of the world, they have helped us as a church make connections in those places. And so uh, they have been people who have been very much in the forefront, yet behind the scenes to us, and yet very much helping us learn and live into what it means to bring Christ's hope, his healing, and his wholeness globally. Okay? Um, you know that we have a team going to Kenya and Africa coming up the end of December into January. You know, last summer, Pastor Tyler led a team uh, to East Berlin uh, to work with refugees. Um, well, the curls helped pave the way for all of that. And so it is my pleasure uh, to introduce to you uh, this morning, John and Letha Curl. Let's give them a community covenant welcome. Well, good morning, everyone. It is a really pure joy to be with you this morning. Uh, Leith and I want to begin by saying a big word of thank you. Thank you to Community Covenant Church of Eagle River for your support for Leith and I over many years from when we were missionaries in Mexico and now based in Europe. Uh, uh, Your church has stood with us, and we want to say thank you. Um, and we also want to take the opportunity this morning to share with you about uh, Serve Globally, the covenant's engagement uh, around the world and specifically uh, as it relates to Europe. And in doing so, uh, share a bit of our story. So um, just a little bit about Letha and I. We come from uh, Washington State, just right down the pike here. Letha was born and raised in Bellingham, and I was born in Seattle and grew up in Edmonds. And Letha was uh, raised in the Assemblies of God, uh, Pentecostal background, and I was raised in the Roman Catholic background, and we found a wonderful common ground together in the Evangelical Covenant Church. We've been married for 36 years, and we have three children. Here you see uh, uh, on the left is Peter. Uh, he's tw- almost 28. And our daughter Katie is 35. And Evan, who's 32. And uh, uh, Katie lives in Stockholm. She's studying for a master's in anthropology at the University of Stockholm. And Evan and Peter uh, live in Bellingham, and they're working full-time there. Um, we have a, a wonderful Alaska connection in that Letha's brother lives in Anchorage, and he works for BP, and right now he's on the North Slope. And doesn't that sound like uh, the life of Alaska with the, the connection uh, on the North Slope? And so we have a nephew and niece that live here in Anchorage, and they're hopefully going to be at the next service. So for us, it's a real thrill to be with family, too, here locally. Um, <clears throat> Leith and I began our marriage being six weeks married, and we went to Zaire, 
Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And we uh, lived there for two years. We began our marriage in the heart of Africa, and that's where our daughter Katie was born. In 1989 to 2007, we had the privilege of serving in Mexico. And we were deeply involved in the establishment of the Family Foundation in Monterrey, Mexico. And we know that Community Covenant has had some connection with the Family Foundation in Mexico. And then in 2007, we were invited to become regional coordinators for Europe. And then for five years between 2010 and 2015, we also were regional coordinators for Africa. And that kept us quite busy. But, and so you might ask, well, what does a regional coordinator do? That's our main responsibility. And there's three things I'd like to share with you about that. Number one, we have the privilege to have the oversight and care of our missionaries who are ministering in Europe. That's such a privilege for us to walk beside, be supportive, and see God at work through their lives in their context of ministry. Number two, we're the direct liaison with our national partners in Europe. We're part of EFEC, the International Federation of Free Evangelical Churches, and we, again, count it quite a joy to be engaged with our partner churches for the kingdom of God in Europe. And number three, Leith and I participate on the international leadership for Evangelical Covenant Church and serve globally. So we meet three times a year, to look at what God is doing around the world, to do strategic planning, and to move forward in mission uh, as a covenant church. And Leith and I then, since 2007, have lived in Lyon, France, which is in the southeast part of France. Now, as we go to our next slide, I want to take a moment to share a little bit about the covenant church. If you were like me, when I first started going to Bellingham Covenant, I just liked that church. I liked the people, I liked the pastor, and I felt a real connection. But I was clueless that it was part of a larger thing called the Evangelical Covenant Church. And the further I got into the covenant, the more I realized what an amazing history the covenant has. Um, Because the covenant church really was birthed out of a renewal movement in, uh, in Sweden in the late 19th century. Sweden at that time had been a Lutheran church, a national church of Sweden was Lutheran church, had become an or, uh, kind of a, <clears throat> oh, a, how would you say, it? institution. It was a bit disconnected from the people, and uh, uh, there was a real renewal, the pietistic renewal movement that took hold in the, in the countryside, and people began to gather around the word of God and ask each other, where is it written, and how goes your walk with Christ? And out of this renewal, there was also a mass immigration of Swedes to the United States and Canada in the late 1800s, because at that point, Sweden was an impoverished nation. And almost 25% of of Swedes left to come over to the Americas. And with that, they brought this renewal movement, and out of that movement was born the Evangelical Covenant Church in 1885. And within the first year, they sent missionaries to faraway Russia, but they got as far as a place called Alaska. How many of you have heard of Alaska? Okay. Well, I want you to know that the missionaries got as far as this area, and they felt God calling them to work in this region. So you are actually the cradle 
of the covenant's global engagement right here in Alaska. You are the beginning of the covenant's commitment to the whole wide world. Within five years, they had missionaries that went to China, establishing schools and hospitals, establishing churches, seminaries, and that work continued to flourish right up to the communist revolution. And in that process, there were three covenant missionaries that were martyred, and then they had to reestablish themselves on the island of Taiwan, where it is today a thriving church. In 1937, the covenant began its work in the Belgian Congo. That is today the Democratic Republic of Congo. And today, we have now missionaries who are ministering in 25 countries with engagement and partnerships with an additional 27 countries. So the covenant is involved on a worldwide level. Now, as we look at this, we realize that one single church can only do so much. But this is the beauty of the covenant. As we join hands with other covenant churches, we can be empowered for ministry because you're giving your tithe and your offerings every Sunday morning. The part that goes to the evangelical covenant church is empowering that ministry around the world. So we can do so much more together, and that's what the covenant is all about, a high commitment to mission and to reaching the world with God's love and and providing that opportunity. Now, we are focused now in Russia, I mean, excuse me, in Europe, and we were invited in the late, or in the early 1990s by EFEC, this, what I just mentioned, the International Federation of Free Evangelical Churches, to be engaged in ministries with them in Europe. They issued their own Macedonian call, which is akin to Acts 16.9, where Luke wrote, During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The Europeans were saying, Come on over to Europe and help us. Help us to reach Europe for Christ. And so we responded to that invitation, and missionaries were sent to Germany, Spain, France, Czech Republic, and then later to Belgium, Sweden, and developed ministries to Russia. Our ministries in Europe involve church planting, theological training, leadership development, ministry in the arts, and as regional coordinators for Europe, we've also, Letha and I have personally witnessed the vitality pathway that we know your church has been engaged in take hold in Europe. And right now, we have uh, a total of nine of our partner churches in Europe that are engaged in vitality. Those countries are Sweden, Germany, Norway, Denmark, France, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Finland, Spain, and now there's interest in Estonia to engage in vitality in their churches. And each national church has wrestled with the vitality material, adapting it to its own culture and language in order to be relevant to their local and national context, helping churches become healthy and missional, reaching outside the walls of their four walls of their churches to be engaged locally and beyond. We also have ministries uh, in Europe that are focused on combating human trafficking. And we also have ministries working with refugees. Up right now, because of the current crisis in Europe, we have half of our team engaged in refugee work. 
And this crisis is uh, providing an opportunity to share the love of Christ. But this morning, rather than me go on, I would like you to listen to three clips from our missionaries that are very short so they can tell you their own story. And we're going to begin with Barb and Steve Swanson, who uh, for years, for 11 years, were based at the Antwerp International Protestant Church in Belgium. That church alone has 36 nationalities worshiping under one roof. They have a Bible study in Farsi with 25 Iranians gathered around the Word of God. I invite you now to listen to Barb and Steve share their story. The story of the Good Samaritan fits well in a setting like Antwerp. So many refugees are coming here. Who will be the compassionate person to offer hospitality? The world sees refugees as people who are destitute or dangerous. When you meet a refugee and you share a meal, you feel their humanity. You find the warmth of new friendship and the connection between someone else who needs the love of Jesus just as much as you. Ali Reza came from Iran and he quickly found a deep relationship with Christ. As our church has embraced new immigrants, we have seen so many people with Muslim backgrounds, just like Ali Reza, come to Christ. Now they are passionate about Jesus and his work, and they are sharing with their family too. Despite many troubling circumstances, Ali Reza has peace about his future. I joined the Mosaics Project as a covenant missionary and began serving refugees in the camps in Belgium. We became great friends with a woman who was in a refugee camp. For her safety, we couldn't show her face. It was exactly one year that we went to, we came to Belgium and we have changed eight places to be. I was so tired and I really need some place. Two church members, Jan and Helena, had Faye and her family over for dinner after church. They found out Faye's family had no place to stay, so they took him in. One night turned into two months, and Faye became a part of Jan and Helena's family. This is exactly what Jesus wants you to do, and he did it for us. And you never knew us before. They were simply responding to God's call to be like the Good Samaritan. And the fruit of their hospitality was evident as both Faye and her husband are now faithful followers of Jesus. When I start my journey to walk with Jesus every day. The church here in Antwerp has been our new home, and we love it. Refugees and immigrants are coming to places where they can hear and see and experience the gospel in a fresh way. And we're excited to see how God's message is delivered as fellow believers continue to extend compassion and hospitality to refugees throughout Europe. Steve 
Steve and Barb have concluded their ministry in Antwerp and just this summer are now located in Malmo, Sweden, where they're engaged with the, our Swedish partner church in ref, working, reaching out to refugees in the Malmo area. Now, the next family I would like you to introduce you to is Philip and Stephanie Volen. They're a young couple with little kids, and they are in Hamburg, Germany, partnering with our German partner in church planting. And part of that has been going to language school. And in the midst of learning the German language, they found themselves in the midst of refugees from all over the world and like you to hear their story. The Bible talks about the Word of God being like a seed that is scattered among different soils. Some land on soil that won't let it grow, some on good soil, and when that plant grows, it produces even more. We moved to Germany six months ago to be missionaries. I'm Stephanie. My husband is Phil. My daughter Gabby is now seven. My youngest daughter, Charlotte, is three, and in three months, we're expecting another little girl. We experience the trials and joys of parenting right alongside the trials and joys of being missionaries. And where are we going? I'm going to go to my school for some reason. (laughs) Germany isn't usually a place people think of when it comes to missionary work. There are so many beautiful churches here. But when you look inside, they're mostly empty or only full of tourists. Most Germans see Christianity and religion as a thing of the past. Our evangelism needs to be very relational. It's essential for us to learn the language. We've connected with our neighbors. Once people let you in, they will open up, even ask for prayers. We've been able to encourage the faith of the few German nationals who are believers. They're swimming upstream in a culture of atheism. We take classes at a local German language school. Most of the students here came to Germany fleeing wars and persecution in the Middle East or North Africa. We've made some of our deepest, most immediate connections with our classmates. There's a huge need for ministering to people and encouraging their faith after they've been forced out of their homes. And people are really open. Most of Iranians are young, that you are uh, coming here as a refugee. They like to come to the church environment. It's really calming. We're scattering seeds, watering the ground, and excited to see what God will grow. The transition has not been easy. There are real sacrifices. At the same time, we've never felt joy like we have now. And that joy comes from living in the center of God's will for our lives. All of us as Christians have a vocation, have a call. We should ask ourselves, are we listening to what God is saying? And are we responding obediently? And when we do respond, there's freedom there. Even though there's always a cost, there's freedom and God provides. Uh, Greg and Christy Faust. Greg and Christy are supported by you here in Eagle River, 
and you had a group that went and were with them this last summer uh, in Berlin, and they have a short clip to show you a little bit about their story. Hello. Guten Tag. Welcome to Berlin, Germany, where we are sending you belated Easter greetings, thanking you for your financial and prayerful support of the ministry. As we are, as Christians, 1% of thousands Very of East German and Muslim refugees here. So thank you so much for your partnership. So we feel like God has just prepared things for us amazingly. And uh, it's almost like he's just laid about a bunch of stepping stones of ministry opportunities that almost every other week we discover like a different stone of opportunity. Just last week we were able to participate in a children's theater for Noah's Ark. That's the puppets that you see here. The children all made their own. And the theater just happens to be right across the street from where we live. A week-long Easter break with kids uh, and their families, uh, a few of which are interested in small groups. So we're really excited. Mm -hmm. Um, the church that we're working with is also very encouraged to have us be here. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we put on our first listening prayer event, and then a follow-up prayer event last week. We were playing, praying for, among other things, a lady in our house that we had reached out to that we haven't heard back from for about a month, and we thought, oh no, we, maybe we offended her or something. But literally four hours after this prayer meeting, she knocks on the door, came over, and we had a nice little conversation. That was so, very cool, in our apartment building. Yeah. So um, we're also continuing our ministry among refugees. Part of that ministry is, involves uh, an outreach called Al-Masir. It's basically an evangelistic outreach, uh, kind of like Alpha. And it's been going on for months. Uh, they've been coming, and there's a good group of people. They're considering the claims of Jesus on their lives. Um, but it's a tough decision, and it may take some time. We're very encouraged, however, that three people from that group have decided to come on our church retreat in May. So that'll be cool. Greg, you're looking a little tired. Yeah, I'm feeling a little tired. I was at an Afghan wedding last night. And uh, let me tell you, these things can go on for quite a while. But it was such a privilege to be one of two people invited among hundreds of guests, two that were non-Middle Eastern. And um, so it's just wonderful to be able to get to know these people and their culture and uh, build relationships. Beautiful people. And we also get opportunities to talk about Jesus pretty regularly. So thank you so much for your partnership, and goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Okay. Uh, we're looking forward to getting reacquainted this weekend um, to share a little bit of our life as you share your lives with us. Um, as John had mentioned, you guys have been one of our longest supporting churches, and it's really important to us to be able to share and um, partner together with those have, that have been so faithful with us. You know, as I was reflecting today on what to share, I thought of the many ways the covenant is working around Europe. 
I thought of all the God stories that we have heard. As my mind wandered over the continent, I realized that the theme of welcoming the stranger is woven throughout our covenant call to ministry in Europe. In Europe, the tapestry that is being woven is multicolored and multi-stranded. We work with refugees, immigrants, churches, and pastors who desire to be more missional and find ways to welcome the stranger into their community. In Paris, the ministry to the artists is all about welcoming and providing community encouragement to those who have moved to Paris in pursuit of their dreams in the arts. The ministry of welcoming the stranger knows no limits, no limits in its ways to express God's love and hospitality. No limits in the way one can extend a helping hand as we work alongside our partner churches. The fatality movement that John mentioned in your and your church has recently gone through is all about helping churches become more missional, helping people find ways to welcome the stranger into their community. You know, we have found that we are sometimes that stranger being welcomed, and maybe that makes us a little more sensitive to welcoming other strangers. Christians in Europe are extending hospitality and acts of kindness and service to strangers, even as they struggle with their feelings and the stress of a rapid change in the color and texture of their communities. People are sometimes facing concern for their own national identity. People have asked us about the climate amidst the random acts of terrorists. We have seen a resilience and a refusal to let these random acts define a people or a nation. It seems that people throughout Europe want to continue to find ways to be welcoming and welcome people in their communities. Woven throughout all of our ministries is a care for and support of pastors and lay workers And our Russia ministry is currently focused on this support and care. So who are these strangers in Europe? Many are refugees from war-torn countries. They have perhaps arrived after an arduous journey where maybe they've experienced abuse, hardship, sickness, and loss often arriving with nothing but the clothes on their backs. They have lost their profession, status, and identity. Some are people fleeing threats on their lives or their families' lives. Some are fleeing hunger and poverty from a life that offers no hope. Each story is different, each person unique each life held precious by God, each one an opportunity to extend God-shaped compassion, hospitality, and acts of kindness. As we travel around Europe, um, we like to emphasize partnering, and partnering implies sharing with each other and working together. This means that you all as one of our partners, have a place to help 
us learn what you do well. What is it that God wants you to share with us? What is it that God is nudging you to mention, highlight, or celebrate that God is doing? I love your mission statement uh, to bring hope, healing, and wholeness to your community. I love that it's your church is focused on a ministry of reconciliation, reconciling us to God, but reconciling each us to each other also. What is it this morning that God wants you to take from us? You know, I find um, for me, the starting place is often identifying who the stranger is where I am at. Who's the stranger I avoid? Who makes me uncomfortable? When I walk um, the streets of Europe, I have to confront my own reactions of prejudice, fear, curiosity, and sometimes irritability. There are many cultures where we live, some uh, not unlike Anchorage. I was very surprised to see how many ethnic groups are here. That's great. Um, Sometimes when I walk down the street, I see people dressed in what they would in their home country. Um, Some are dressed uh, European. And I think about those that are dressed maybe in their national dress. And um, perhaps they they feel more comfortable after so many losses in their lives. They need to hang on to something that makes them feel like them. Um, I see them struggling with language. I see them struggling with machines. You know, how does this work? How does this system work? And sometimes I even see them struggling and, and how you cross the street in Europe. What are the rules? As I watch them and myself um, trying to interpret a new culture, new ways um, of doing things, um, they often try desperately to hold on to some form of personal identity and dignity. I am challenged often by the thought you never know someone's story unless you ask, unless you take time to engage in their lives. What I see more often is at best a type of tolerance and at worst anger and fear But mostly, I see impatience and irritation. Impatience when the line you're in, um, the person doesn't understand English or French or German. It's taking longer. Maybe you're at the ATM machine and they can't figure out how to use it. And it can go on and on. First Chronicles 29.15 tells us that we are all foreigners and strangers, as were our ancestors. And Leviticus 25.35 says this, If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and stranger so they can continue to live among you. Help them as you would a foreigner 
and a stranger. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, this implies that we are expected to help and show hospitality to foreigners and strangers. We have a heritage of hospitality. We have been called to be different, to watch out for the poor, the needy, the stranger. I find many places in the Bible that encourage us to practice hospitality, like in Romans 12, 13, and Hebrews 13, 2. What is it God is saying to you, your church, your community? You know, I don't know, and I don't have an agenda or right answer, but I do know that God is speaking. Are we listening? I would like to read um, from the message, 1 Peter 4, 7-11. says, Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so that all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. We are all strangers, and we're all welcomed into the community and fellowship of Christ. And we see this as a visual being acted out every day in Europe. And I just want you to know, yes, God is alive and well in Europe. And we just praise God for what he's doing there. So I'd just like us to close with a prayer. Father, we come to you today with grateful hearts for all the ways you are working throughout the world. Thank you that we can trust you, trust in your transforming work in our lives and the lives all around the world. Help us to be attentive to your voice as we seek to be witnesses to your compassion, love, grace, and power. Help us to truly bring hope, healing, and wholeness to this community. We ask that you would be with us as we go from here today to be lights in our community. Amen.